The year is 2020. A disease refuses to go away. And even before the election, the world retreated indoors for the most part. As 2020 neared its end, two podcasters conceived of a music podcast where they would stitch together two of their favorite songs from the year into a new abomination. And they called it Frankenstein's Jukebox. everyone hey 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 there hey everyone hi james oh uh, uh hey hey daniel hi hi there how are you <laughs> good just manufacturing some faux awkwardness i think that's awkwardness. great because i'm manufacturing some faux confidence ah cool well meet, let's meet somewhere in the middle let's i think For i know how to start show. podcasts yeah and by start a podcast i think i mean both like kick off the episode and also start a new podcast because that's what this is hey it's a new podcast it's a new podcast i'm dan i'm james and we are friends who love to talk about music welcome to frankenstein's jukebox (laughs) welcome 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 put a quarter in the slot right there but don't let the hand grab you i don't know it's like (laughs) yeah you know Frankenstein's jukebox, you know, you got Frankenstein's it. Frankenstein's jukebox. James, would you like to tell the people what what we'll be doing on this show? Yes. It's funny. I didn't realize I had done this until, well, I've realized it several times. There's this thing called Florilegium, which is monks would like pull out verses of the Bibles or books they were copying that they like really dug. They would put it in like a separate journal. And then at the end, they would have all these Florilegia, which is word flowers is I think what that translates to, that they could put together. And sort of, if I, unless I'm confusing one of the techniques they're doing, they each pull out something and they sort of compare them and sort of get new meanings from them based on the things that they've picked. So what we're going to do here is kind of like that. We're going to pick a song from the year that we're discussing in the episode. We're each going to pick a song and we're going to pick three things, three aspects of the song that we really dig about the song. We're going to share those with each other. And then we're going to stitch them together in some sort of unholy matrimony is the only thing I could think of. But uh, Unholy matrimony. I love it. Now that's... Wait, hold on. Should we... No, we probably should. No, we're sticking with Frankenstein's okay. right, jukebox. Cool, cool. And we've called that the song promise because it's a, a song compromise. And then we're going to discuss sort of what a song that had all six aspects that we pulled out of our two songs would be like. That's pretty much it. Is that... Like, yeah. Did I, did I cover it? Did I do good? I think you did great. Great. That covers it. We're going to be doing this. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're starting with 2020 and working our way backwards. So 2020 has been a Mm. year. Mm -hmm. For those of you listening in the future who maybe weren't around for 2020. Yeah. And I'm sure you've probably already discussed it in your history classes. (laughs) (laughs) It was a very eventful year. Yes. So let's get going with our picks. Now, normally what we'll be doing is at the end of each episode, we will be giving hints for what our our next year selection will be. 
Yes. Obviously, that's not really something we can do here. In episode one, sure, yeah. In episode one, because we don't have any we don't have any prior episodes to to give hints in. So do we wanna drop a couple of hints right now so people have like a minute to guess? Sure. Perfect. Yes, so my hint this artist rules across the pond. And my clue was that as of us giving the clues to each other, which I think this fact is still true, because I don't think it's been a week since I gave it, this artist has spent 14 non-consecutive weeks atop the Alternative Albums chart. Very nice. All right, so we're going to give y'all about a minute to think about that and come up with your guesses. Now that you've had some time to guess, James, would you like to tell us about your song choice? I would I would love to. I picked a song from Taylor Swift's second newest album, Folklore. <laughs> 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 she released two in 2020. This one came out in July. Uh, it's very 2020 because she recorded these because her tour was canceled and she was quarantined. The song I picked is Betty, which is... A song on it. I mean, it's 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 chock a block full of, of great tunes, and she worked with both Jack Antonoff, like she normally does, and also Aaron Dessner from The National did some production on that too, and songwriting. And also, she nice. cribbed The National's songwriting style for this too. It turns out <laughs> she's like, "How do you guys write songs?" They're like, "Like this." And she's like, "That's mine. I'm ah, gonna do that now." Yes. <laughs> so I was not familiar with this song mm-hmm. before finding out that you had picked it. I was not very familiar with this album as a whole. Yeah. I like this song a lot, a lot more than I expected to when I was first listening to it. Yeah. So an experience that I think the listener to this album will have, perhaps not while after have if you are going to go listen to it after having listened to this episode, but one experience that I kept, I had like multiple times because I listened to it, it didn't really take, I mean, I thought it was great, but then I listened to it again later and it took a little more, was that Taylor Swift dropped some F-bombs on this album. <laughs> I have heard this album referred to as fuck lore. Yeah. I, I, I refer to it as Fuck Lore is Good. Uh, Taylor Swift Says Fuck Lore is another one. This song contains the F word a bunch of times, which is, it's part of the chorus. I love it so much. It's so fun to hear someone curse that you aren't used to hearing cursing from and to realize that you didn't think about it, but now it is a weird thing. Yeah, it's a lot of fun, I think. It's happened sometimes when it's just been like completely taken me off guard. Yeah. And it's like, that that person just said the fuck word. <laughs> it's so fun to hear this. And I read an interview where she was like, it was a fucking breath of fresh air. And I was like, <laughs> that's amazing. What a quote. Yeah. So this song is also a part of a te- the Teenage Love Triangle trilogy, I think it's called, along with Cardigan and another song that I'm not pulling right now but so it it tells the story of these three teenagers that have kind of like a love triangle thing going on nice and one of them's name is james yay Yay. Yay. i did have as one of my honorable mentions of things aspects of this song was that it it dropped my name in it (laughs) 
<laughs> like when we that. reduced it to to three, I was like, "All right, well, all right, come on." <laughs> <laughs> I think my favorite line in this song mm-hmm. is, "I was walking home on broken cobblestones, just thinking of you." When she pulled up, like a figment of my worst intentions. I love that line. A figment of my worst intentions is just, it's very evocative, right? Like it calls this very specific feeling to mind. It also has kind of the, if a farmer, what's it called? A farmer disputed, I think the track Mm -hmm. from Hamilton where the guy is saying one thing and Hamilton is, is rapping things that are syllabically equal, but, contextually different my worst intentions and my imaginations my a figment of my imagination is sort of the same it sort of feels the same so you have to be like wait did she just say it didn't sound it did my ears are saying that that wasn't imagination and you go back and it's like uh it's like a it's like a trick like and that's right before uh she says my name that's right she said james get in let's drive i sent my friend jesse a song a song by brand new back in the day before they were canceled and in it there's a line that's i wrote a message on your pillow that said jesse stay as- wrote a message on my pillow that said jesse stay asleep in bed because the lead singer's name is jesse lacy and she was like did you mean to send me a song that contained my name i was like no what do you mean <laughs> I didn't realize that you said that. <laughs> and so it was quite, probably quite disturbing. It's also a, a very angry song. So like, I can't imagine how that felt to like. <laughs> yeah. The next line of that song is, so don't apologize. I hope you choke and die. So like, she probably was feeling. <laughs> yeah, maybe a little attacked. A little attacked. So yeah, tell me about the aspects of this song that you'd like to to pull into our song premise. Sure. The first one we've already mentioned, which I, I called, I labeled as sweetly sung curse words. S- curse words that are not harsh on the ears, such as uh, in the song when she says, if I showed up at your party, would you tell me that you want me or would you tell me to go fuck myself? Which she says, and you don't feel like she just dropped an F-bomb, even though your brain is like, hey, wait a minute. Um, There's no vitriol (laughs) in it. And yeah, I love that. I love that. That is one of them. Uh, The harmonica that appears in this song is for sure one of them. I had uh, the the strummed guitar or like the plucked guitar sound, but I pulled out the harmonica because I feel like that's more idiosyncratic to this particular song. Um, I saw comparisons to like freewheeling era Bob Dylan with sort of like it's harmonica because she has a harmonica. So like... Bob Dylan, you know, there's a harmonica right there, so he's going to play it, you know? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) And then my third aspect is the modulation that happens, I think, from the bridge into the last chorus, I believe. I love a good modulation. I love a bad modulation. I love modulation. Another thing I had was there's a very Jack Antonoff technique, which you can point out here. And then if you go listen to Bleachers or other Taylor Swift songs that he helped with, it's the part that's like, I don't know anything, but I know I missed you. That missed you is such a Jack Antonoff thing. He doesn't have a songwriting credit, but I have to imagine that working with him for however many years has ingrained that into her songwriting. So I almost had that, but I decided that I liked the modulation a little bit better. And it was easier to explain than that Jack Antonoff thing. And my final uh, runner-up or honorable mention was... 
she kind of goes, I didn't notice it when I made my things, but I've noticed it more listening to it recently. She goes, but I know I missed you. Like she does this like, like bloomp of a reading of it. And I think it's so funny. It's funny because she's singing from the perspective of like a teenage boy. Mm -hmm. And it adds some weird sort of connotations to it. And it sort of, it's almost like she's singing it a little bit more like how a teenage boy would frame it and stuff and phrase it and stuff. And I thought that was really interesting. But again, I didn't, I had my things locked and loaded before I even started to notice that. So again, my three are sweetly sung curse words, harmonica, and uh, modulation. All right. I did write that down as sweetly sung swearing, mm-hmm. just to keep that alliteration. In oh, there. Per- perfect, perfect, perfect. Perfect. I like those aspects a lot. I think that's really good. Hey, Daniel. Yes, James. What did you pick for your song from 2020? I would love to talk about that. I picked from Dua Lipa's Future Nostalgia, which is an incredible album, in my opinion. Mm. I'm not normally a huge like pop person. Yeah. I, I do like some pop here and there. Sure. But I it's not my prime like it's not I wouldn't put it in my top five primary genres of music i listen to a pop album being one of your favorite albums of the year if not your very favorite album of the year is different than liking pop songs that were on the radio i think yeah i think but it it means like uh, i think it's a rarer thing like i like rap songs a lot more than i like full rap albums similarly yeah yeah i think that's fair it was very very tough to figure out which song i was going to pick because it's it's an album full of bangers Mm -hmm. but i wound up going with break my heart Mm -hmm. which (sighs) is it's a very interesting song break my heart as a title seems to be a sad song but really it's more of a it it's a love song yeah it is basically saying i don't see being the one to end this thing that we have So, like, you now have the possibility to break my heart. The first line is, I've always been the one to say the first goodbye. Uh, Had to love and lose a hundred million times. And the chorus is, I would have stayed at home because I was doing better alone. But when you said hello, I knew that was the end of it all. I should have stayed at home because now there ain't no letting you go. Am I falling in love with the one that could break my heart? The verses are more kind of reflective on Mm -hmm. love's past. And the chorus is just like, I am in love with you, and I don't see that changing, and feeling very vulnerable about it. Yeah. Which I absolutely love. 100%. May I share two experiences that I had with, one with this song and one with this artist? Please do. I'll start with the artist. She was on Netflix, has taken the podcast Song Exploder and turned it into a Netflix show very wisely. Not, Not in small part due to how handsome Rishikesh Hirway is. He's a very handsome man. But they turned it into a, like an interview-like process. Song Exploder basically takes apart songs and the artist talks about how they wrote them. It's the same thing for the Netflix show and Dua Lipa's Love Again was, uh, I think, the first episode of season two or volume two or collection. It's the, the fifth one that's come out. And she talked a lot about how this album, Future Nostalgia, was based on basically like tapes and cds that she'd listen to with her mom and dad like as they drove around and stuff which leads me into my second story uh, specifically about this song so you told me this is the song so we listen could listen to our songs our, each other's songs beforehand and i listened to it and i was like oh this is really good and i listened to it again i was like wait a minute wait a minute and my my wife and my daughter were here mm-hmm. i was actually supposed to be like leaving for the grocery store or whatever and i was like wait and like i i, I was singing this part and i was like 
God, what the hell is that? Oh, what is it? I was like, there's no way to search. If you had, like, it's like, you know, a classical music song. If you have a, an instrumental part, how do you search for that? Right. And, you know, of course, whosampled.com, or it turns out the Wikipedia page would have told me. But it, I don't know if this is one of your aspects. Maybe it's not. Maybe it is. It interpolates Need You Tonight by In Excess. And so uh, the boom, 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 boom. I was here. I, I was saying that to my my wife and daughter over and over to the point where they're like, "Are you sure you're saying it right or whatever?" <laughs> and I'm like, "I yeah, I mean yeah." And so then I was like, "Ah, oh, it's this." And I played it, and my daughter's like, "That's not that's not what you were saying." <laughs> and I mean, part of what I said to her in excuse was I was trying to hum it in a way that I wasn't hearing myself hum it, and I was hearing it in my head, like because I didn't want me to be like, it sounds like me saying this thing over and over. I want to be like, ah, that sounds like this, but I never would have gotten in excess. So I had to, I was like two decades in the wrong, it was not the 80s at all. But I think it's very cool how it directly speaks to what she said, sort of the, the mission statement of the album was, which was, I want to make music that is sort of influenced by the music I listened to growing up, which yeah. is so cool. Yeah, I think that's awesome. And it like, it's not, it's not a sample it's barely an interpolation. Yeah, it it was an unintentional similarity. Yeah. The bit in Break My Heart is a bass line. Right. And the bit in Need You Tonight is a guitar bit and like it's it's more chords than just, you know, the the single notes of the bass line. Yeah. But there is definitely a similarity to not just like notation but the timing between the notes and everything it's it's pretty great so much so that they did actually like credit yeah. in excess with with songwriter credits for it which <laughs> i love so uh, i'd like to get into my aspects yeah my first aspect is a very poppy walking bass line mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because the the one in the song is so good boom 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 yeah they definitely funked it up a lot. They they did because the do is actually do it goes up an octave. Oh, it's so good and back down to it. It's almost slap pop, but like they're not actually. Sounds to me like it's finger picked, but it uses the same like principle behind generic slap pop, which is your you know one finger on the the root and then the other finger on the octave up, and you slap with your thumb knuckle, you pop with your middle finger. You slap to get the low note, pop to get the high note. Listener, pop quiz, what instrument do you think that Daniel has experience playing in a in a band? Trick question. I have played several instruments yeah. in a band. <laughs> I am a musician, but the bass guitar is the one I have played for the longest. It is the one I am the best at. And yes, I very much miss playing bass in a band. My second aspect is the strings that they have in this. Mm, yes. I'm 98% sure it's synth strings, but it's still a lot of fun. They add a lot of life. Uh-huh, for sure. It's a very 70s sort of uh, Donna Summer sort of like orchestration, like where it's 2 a.m. at the disco sort of strings. Yeah, my third aspect mm. is the kind of the the build at the end as it's like building up, repeating the chorus, and then like stops. Bow. Yeah, 
and the chorus ends with no music behind it, right? Like the you get the line "Break my heart" with yeah. nothing behind it. I love that build and then music cut out, vocals continue for just yeah. a quick stab, and then song's over. All right, I l- those are great aspects. So we've got some great aspects here. Mm. Let's talk about our song premise. Let's do it. Let's do it. So we're going to have a poppy walking bass line, strings, and a harmonica, instrumental-wise. Uh-huh. <laughs> we're going to modulate yeah. at one point. We're going to build up and then drop the music out for the last line. And there will be some sweetly sung swearing. <laughs> what I also love about this song premise is that these are two musically very different songs. Oh, yeah. We've got acoustic like right on the verge of country type of like soft rock indie billboard is classifying it as alternative rock so like i don't know <laughs> i'm i'm putting it as indie country folk fair fair point so we've got that in betty and we've got break my heart with which, which is very poppy Kind of disco-y, like... Yeah. They're very different songs, musically speaking, (laughs) and lyrically speaking. It's Mm -hmm. this, you know, I'm sorry for what I did, please take me back in Betty, and boy, I'm scared about the future with you because it seems like this is the one. Yeah. So very, very different on that. Musically, how do you feel this song premise would play out? The harmonica, I feel like, is the sticking point because... I, I mean, I, I mean, clearly that's partial, partially because that's that's the aspect of instrumentation from the vastly different song that we're talking about. So poppy walking bassline harmonica and what is, what was the third one? Strings. The strings. Maybe the harmonica should maybe it should be largely a uh, poppy walking bassline and strings for most of it, and then some sort of breakdown with a harmonica. Ooh, like pull a little bit of a Bruce Willis. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. 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 I kind of like that. I also feel like we could mix all of them together in something that turns out to be a little bluesier. Mm-hmm. I could see that. <laughs> I just pictured the Proclaimers. <laughs> yep. Proclaimers. <laughs> that's the one. You know, bluesy. <laughs> bluesy. <laughs> Who doesn't think Scottish twins when they hear bluesy? Am I, am I wrong? Everybody. <laughs> I was also picking, picturing Lily Allen. She has a song called Fuck You that is sweetly sung curse words. It is. And it's uh, a great song. Okay, so like bluesier. So like the harmonica would be more of a in the mix for the whole thing. I, okay. I like the harmonica almost being the driving instrument. Okay. Playing the primary melody with just like an acoustic guitar and a poppy bass line and then some strings to like gently support it. Okay. All right. Are we thinking this is going to have um, sort of a mid-tempo or like a like how, how a walking baseline? Does that have a specific tempo associated with it? It doesn't. I think mid-tempo is perfect. Yeah. Okay. I wouldn't want to go too fast. I wouldn't want to go like break my heart level tempo. Okay. So kind of mid-tempo. I feel like a sort of female presenting singer at the very least. Absolutely. That is something that both of these songs have in common. Mm-hmm. It'll probably be like a bright song. I feel like Sunny 
will be a is a thing that poppy walking bass acoustic strum good sort of uh, sort of a light acoustic strum guitar and harmonica led melody is kind of like a like a may morning kind of deal yeah i i like that bright and sunny now both of these songs are kind of lyrically and thematically i think the thing that they have in common is kind of wistfulness yeah where like james in betty is like looking back and being like hey i i did this dumb thing and i miss you and like can can we reevaluate this right and dua lipa and break my heart is like things have not gone well for me in the past and like this is a this is a new thing for me and like the the primary mm. crossover is that like looking back wistfulness mm. yeah I with see that. betty being a little bit sadder and break my heart being a little bit more optimistic it's interesting because like if you said which one was the optimistic song i might have said the opposite because betty is i screwed up i and i i, I hope you'll take me back i guess we'll see there's a part where she's like or he's where Taylor Swift sings, like, this is the last time bef- that I don't know what you're going to say when you see me on your porch. And I think actually the modulation is where the hope comes in. Uh, agreed. Dua Lipa's sort of feels almost like this is going great, but like, it's like this, like, almost like, <laughs> like, if if we decided our string parts were just the psycho theme, yep. like, Walking down the street on a summer day. Reet, 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 reet. <laughs> it's like, why Why did that happen? <laughs> it's cautiously optimistic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And honestly, I think both of these songs have that cautious optimism. Mm-hmm. And I think that's great. Yeah. And I would I would want to bring that in to the to the song premise, have, have that cautious optimism. When you think of the melody being played on the harmonica, what... Do, can you show me some uh, comps, like they would say in, in real estate? Because my harmonica in music is mostly Blues Traveler, Alanis Morissette, and in that one, Alanis Morissette in uh, head, head Over Feet, and John Lee Hooker in the movie Blues Brothers, okay. and uh, Orange Blossom Special on At Folsom Prison. Those are my harmonica main. And then, of course, like Bob Dylan, like the entirety of Bob Dylan, and I guess Piano Man. Those are where I'm coming from, I think, in my harmonica musical library. What, what are you thinking? I would say, like, if you took the harmonica from, say, Hook. Mm-hmm. Okay. Slowed it down, obviously. Or the, do you know the song June Hymn by the Decemberists? No. Okay. Well, then that would be a bad comp to give. But I think if our listener does, then then I think that's a good comp to give. I, yeah, so that's kind of the, like, what I have in my mind is, like, a kind of a, a the the in-between of if you do hook at, like, three-quarters speed, and you if you take that as one pole... I was and, just sitting here singing the runaround uh, harmonica in my head. I was like, wait, nope, nope, those aren't the right lyrics. Not Skip quite. forward on the CD. There it is, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but if you take that as one pole and then take the harmonica from June Hymn as the other pole and find the midway point between them, that is what I want in this song. Okay. Quick question. Do you, have you ever played the harmonica? Yes, I do have a harmonica. I'm not great at it. It feels like one of the more impossible instruments for me to wrap my head around. I had a very hard time with harmonicas until I got my hands on my grandfather's chromatic harmonica. Okay. 
which has a little button on the side that completely changes the key of it. Oh, okay. So that you can have, basically, you can play whatever you want. Rather than having right. the two, like, you inhale, you exhale, you get the different notes. Right. You press the button, and you inhale, you exhale, you get completely different notes. Right, right, right. Even in the same spot. Okay. And that was a lot of fun, but, like, I could never structure anything on it. Yeah. Because I couldn't really wrap my head around it. And then that, for some reason, helped me wrap my head around standard harmonicas yeah that that makes sense and that makes sense and i think that it's the repeatability that that gets in my way i think the other thing that that i think of when i think of that problem is the trombone where it's like it needs to be here for that but here for that and there's it's my own brain but i'm like what if i'm here instead of here it's like you then you'd hear it and you'd be used to where you need to put it and yep. there's positions that you practice and all this stuff but for me i'm like ugh. No. <laughs> the trombone was the first instrument I learned how to play uh, when I was in middle school. I loved it. My best friend from college that I, in my head, you are, you share a duplex with, <laughs> Paul Riley, was a tromboner in uh, in the ska band Murphy's Kids in Richmond. And Nice. Yeah. And he played sousaphone in the marching band, I think. I think. Amazing. But yeah, it yeah. So I, I've seen him play, and I've seen you know, I've seen lots of tromboners play. I know that it's not that, but it, I have. To. You have to, and it's just like, ugh, yeah. So I, harmonica feels the same, only less like smaller on a smaller scale. So like the notes repeat, the note repeatability. Like that's why Alanis Morissette, when she hits that harmonica on Head Over Feet, I'm like, yeah. See, I could play that part, and just like all of the notes, and that's fine. But like. John Popper playing hook or anything is like, how do you do that? How do you hit like, mm. anyways, that's, that's James's harmonica rant aside. So I would think we would want probably sweetly sung swearing in the chorus. Right. And I think that would take the form of something like it's a beautiful fucking day sort of deal or like fuck as an adjective. I feel so fucking great. Right, right. Where there's a sunniness to it, but it is it has a little bit of an edge to it because of the the cursing brings a little bit of the edge to it, but it's also it's like an enthusiastic curse. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Okay. I think the last two things that we have to include are the modulation and the the build to the end, which I think both work better towards the end of the song. Sure. Usually building to the end with the last line works best at the at the end. Right. It's usually the best place, I'd say. Usually the best place to the last line in the song is usually the end of the song. I mean, Tom York, who knows what he can do, but like... <laughs> and I, I will, in later episodes, be talking about songs who have last lines several minutes before the end of the song. <laughs> but that's a different thing entirely. So I think modulating the last verse. So if we have like... Ver if we go with kind of the standard structure of like verse chorus or verse verse chorus verse chorus right. last verse last chorus and we right. modulate that last verse last chorus right i think that's a, a good way to kind of punch up the energy to it yeah i think that's i think that's good i think that's very good do you ever think about love on top you know that song love on top yes a aka beyonce presents modulation yeah um how that's it's practically, if anyone else did that, it would be like, what is this, a joke? But because it's Beyonce, you're like, 
Yeah, all right. Pretty what, much. Whatever whatever you want. That sounds fine to me. Yeah. <laughs> I was just thinking like we could just modulate the fuck out of it. Just like <laughs> it's a just, beautiful fucking day. It's a beautiful fucking day. It's a beautiful fucking day. And then like cut it. Actually, we, I think we've just written a ska. I think I just, I think I just yeah, presented to you was, a ska that song. That was very ska. <laughs> that, that was exactly what I heard. And it was like, oh man, uh, I didn't, didn't expect like in Five Iron Frenzy to show up. Oh Lord. Yeah. I mean, I think so many ska bands started because of Beyonce's love on top. Without a doubt. <laughs> I have a proposal for the title of this song. Okay. And it's just May Morning. Mm, okay you said that as a feel for it and i think that's a great title for it as well and the song is about it being a may morning it's a great day yes there are rain clouds outside but i'm still feeling like it's gonna be a very good day i'm excited about it here's why there you can also do some cool stuff with may morning like may morning bring me such and such may morning bring me such and such Yes, kind of take that. it BNL maroon levels of like it's Pun Fest 2012. Yep, here generator in my head. It's 2012 fun. is something. <laughs> I love this song. Yeah, I think it, I think it's good. I th- I think we'd need a lot of syncs on like Grey's Anatomy, for instance, for this not to be a actually kind of BNL level late 90s kind of like throwaway pop hit. That, like, the diehard fans are like, no, it's great. Go back and listen again. You're wrong. And everyone else is like, yeah, I remember that song. It reminds me of eighth grade. And you're like, shut up, Stan. Yeah, Stan's Stan. Stan's up eighth grade. I think that it will be a song that is excellent. But I think that there, if I can, if I can weirdly take a, take a, a shot at, like, the detractors, People people have are get really divided on harmonica. You oh, know? Ab- absolutely, yeah, and I, yeah, I think that's reasonable. I can I can understand people getting hung up on that. Yeah, but I think it'd be a great establishing the first episode of Parenthood, the two thousand whatever's Peter Krause Parenthood mm-hmm. started with "Kick Drum Heart" by the Avett Brothers, and it's just like it was perfect. I was like, oh, this is a great song to start off this show with. I think this 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 feels to me like a great start off a show sort of establishing just kind of like things are going great sort of uh, sort of uh, feeling to it. Yeah, I yeah. agree. Cool. All right. So since we are not professional musicians and this is a, a short podcast show, we're not going to just completely write the song right now. Correct. <laughs> that would be probably very boring for you to listen to. It right. would drive me a little crazy, to be honest, because I'm not a great songwriter, just so y'all know. We may, if if the feeling really moves us, we may write, like, I, I, I may write and record some of these songs, and, yeah. and we'll put little snippets up on... Um, you know, on the feed, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I think, and I think there's going to be instances where we can't. Like, for instance, we've talked about how this song will have a female presenting singer. Right. Neither Dan nor I have a voice that is that. Right. So that won't be something that we can do unless we enlist other people, which we have just so many friends that that might be so possible. So many very talented just friends. Incredibly, incredibly popular. My older sister is an amazing singer, to be Boom. honest. Got it. Hey, listener, if you are looking for hearing uh, someone write an entire song in an episode, our debut album is a, a podcast that I listen to that is excellent and is basically that. They come up yes. with an idea for a song and then like they're like, all right, we have two hours to do it. Let's do it. 
or something. So that's a that's a recommendation from Frankenstein's jukebox to you in case you're feeling like, ugh, what a rip. Right. <laughs> I love this uh this song premise that we've come to, May Morning. May morning. And I, I do I do anticipate recording maybe like thirty seconds of it. May morning be like thirty seconds of it. Yeah. Yeah. May morning be quick but still delightful to experience i think that's gonna wrap us up for today but if you want more you can follow us on twitter at frank's jukebox or you can send us an email at frankenstein's jukebox at gmail.com james where can people find you people can find me on twitter at unabashed james and where can people find you daniel they can find me on Twitter at Dantendo64. We would like to thank Kelp Rabbit for our incredible logo. Uh, you can check out Kelp Rabbit at kelprabbit.com, K-E-L-P-R-A-B-B-I-T.com. Uh, she is an incredible designer and a delight to work with. And I have, we have contractually obligation, contractual obligation, hold on one second. And as part of This Is The Easiest Podcast Job I've Ever Had Productions, we'd like to thank Erin King. Huge thank you to Erin King. Her her vital contribution to this show. Uh, Which is making sure that we don't repeat (laughs) any albums or artists each year. It's literally a, a list comparison, but it's essential. So thanks, Erin. Indeed. That way we don't know each other's picks long beforehand. True. And uh, yeah, so James, do you have a, a hint for what your 2019 song will be or, or artist? I do. My hint for next episode is the artist that I have selected has been performing under the name that they are credited with using for the song I've picked uh, for longer than anyone else has been performing under their credited name. Uh, for the decade of the 2010s. Wow. All right. Is that convoluted enough? Should I try and find a different way of saying that? No, that's pretty convoluted, and I think in in a great way. Okay, good, good, good. Provoluted. It's 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 very provoluted. I'm very provoluted. Uh, <laughs> I'm I've gone to a doctor think... to, about it, and it'll be fine. <laughs> I hear they do a surgery that, that is just the cat's meow. Absolutely. My hint, the artist for this song born 10 days after me interesting interesting now there and there's an easter egg clue there is in this episode there is their stage name okay is inspired by a song that came out in 2001 their stage name yes okay and that 2001 song that inspired their stage name was included on a collaborative EP mashup between two different artists that that was honestly a bonkers matchup in 2004. So, so that's going to be our episode. That's our that's our show. Thanks so much for giving us a listen. Yeah. Thank you. We'll we'll be back next time with our picks for 2019. Absolutely. And as we as we always say at the end of this episode, Igor, did you forget to put a quarter in the jukebox? You you know I did. I always do. 